Welcome everyone to today's uh, PitchCam session. This is part of our you know, series uh, Sales for Entrepreneurs by Entrepreneurs. So, you know, we are trying to bring the founders to share their sales journey uh, right from the day they had their early days of the product till they acquired their initial customers and then we'll also talk about the growth. So today I have a fantastic speaker with us from the India enterprise uh, market and I have uh, Swami with me. You know, so welcome Swami to today's session. So I, you know, I'll give you a brief uh, introduction about Swami and we'll talk about uh, PitchCamp as well. So Swami is a co-founder of uh, Mojo where he leads uh, strategy and business development. Mojo is an AI-based SaaS platform that focuses on automation and optimization of logistic operations you know, in the SEM space. He has been in the industry for over 16 years in product management, digital transformation, consulting, and business development. Prior to Mojro, Swami worked with Dior Technologies, a social startup, Mindtree, Ramco, and Sox Compliance product startup as well. So with this, welcome, Swami. And, uh, you know, uh, for, uh, you know, for the attendees uh, here, uh, you know, PitchCamp is an initiative, you know, that we are bringing together to help uh, founders enhance their uh, journey through coaching and uh, workshops, right? So this is the intent, this is the intent of uh, folks to bring in, you know, to help from the storytelling skills and uh, the way they you know, interact with their customers from a sales pitch uh, point of view. So we'll get started with uh, Swami. So welcome, Swami, once again. I'd like to start with about, uh, you know, asking you to share a little bit about your background as an individual and talk through us, uh, you know, how you started uh, Mojro with other co-founders and, uh, you know, and the journey of... Um, sure, sure. Thank you so much, Bimlesh, for inviting us. Again, thanks to PitchCamp. Uh, am I audible? Yeah, cool. From, I mean, a quick background about myself. I started post uh, MBA as a product executive in the sense equivalent of an associate product manager. Worked in a Sarbanes Axley product, then moved on to Rampo Systems, joined as a product manager for uh, Balance Scorecard product, which was like very uh, early stages of a, of a next level of BI tools, which, uh, which helped me. I think we did two products in that time frame of a year and a half. Uh, took it to market in South Africa, launched as a, uh, again, got into the implementing phases of that. Then moved to Mindtree, part of, uh, as, a, as a startup, I mean, as a BA, uh, working on digital projects and then slowly, you know, e-commerce projects, then slowly moved into account management. Then I, you know, I was with, in Geneva, handling a larger account, had to move back to India to take up consulting role and then later moved to the U.S. to do digital transformation consulting. So large, if you look at it, except for the account management, I was, you know, from a perspective until then, was more of sales of product management and a bit of, you know, not an in, like a extension of uh, sales, right, account management. Then in a changeover, again, had to come back to India to join a social startup. That's when a full-fledged sales and product, you know, engineering role, I mean, product management role I had to take up. We worked with Asia Pack, with uh, Hijras, HIV patients, TB malaria patients, UN organizations, NGO, CBO. Very, very nice experience. And then that's when, you know, started selling more often, right? And and now I take care, I mean, I'm part of uh, Mojuro. After the social startup, we started uh, with ex-Mindtree ex colleagues of mine. We started Mojuro. In fact, we started, this is an intelligent platform, which is a combination of SaaS and a marketplace together, right? It was a bit complex in terms of even positioning in the initial stages. Why, uh, you know, our biggest dream was to say, hey, every uh, one rupee spent on trucking movement in India, can I take a, take a one pice out of it and, and call it my revenue? So what all should I have if, if, in the bucket if I have to do end-to-end, -end, right? So that's how we, we started. That's how we all uh, came in, came together. Then we realized that, okay, uh, doing everything together might not make sense at this point in time and, and carved out the software as a service piece. Uh, started focusing on that from 2000 as a very clear focus area for us and uh, largely selling to enterprises, uh, you know, focused on, uh, uh, you know, certain segments of the market because we, our product has a certain unique features which which fits into a certain segment very nicely. So that's that's been the journey. Uh, so far, so good. We look forward to become one of the top uh, companies in, in this space in the, in the coming days. Fantastic. So how did you choose trucking as a segment and logistics as a problem to solve? Right. How did you guys as founders choose mm -hmm. logistics and truck to solve? Yeah. yeah. Interestingly, none of us come from logistics background. Uh, all four of us, you know, me and uh, Amit, none of us had a background on logistics. 
the only you know areas where we we had some kind of attachments kishan was working on something based on what had as a big billion day sale failure uh, he was looking at some ideas at, at one end and i had a i had worked with a south african entity we created a startup uh, again it didn't launch as a product yet in the market before which we wound up but we spent close to 30 40 lakhs building the product which was on the long haul uh you know transportation optimization what a black box and others are today doing we st- we did that in 2000 but you know technology stacks were different we never got to the market when kishan and i met again we started discussing more we felt this space is still in the same stages when we discussed like you know few years back so that gave the conversation starter and in 2015 we came together as a four member team started looking at more and more ideas around it you know dissected the market did a lot of market research meeting with people and all that so it took us a process of 6 to 7 months before we lined up and said hey this is what we wanted to do and and this sort of inefficiencies which which you know deep technology can solve that that's how we ended up uh, it was not an accidental startup it took us like okay. say a month before we could even say this is what we wanted to achieve fantastic and with this uh, you know better uh, so what happened from identifying your problem statement and for narrowing your industry right to building your early versions of the product and going to customers so how did you talk to us about how did you reach out to your early customers your early version of the product and you know and then converting them from a prospect to a customer so talk to us about your first five customer right. so so you know again our journey had two components to it right or two portions to it one prior to be right uh, and uh, you know one after it's like the post covid and before covid right so so when we started because it was a marketplace which is uh, tech enabled and uh, we wanted to do not like a ola uber hailing platform like you know oh hey i want a taxi i mean i want a, a truck of x size y we felt why should the user decide what is the size it's not human being who goods have a certain uh, intern internal dynamics around say what kind of truck has to be chosen and why how and all that right so nobody when we landed in this market nobody was catering to that need that is where we found a sweet spot and it was an urban logistics platform even the naming convention came from that mohanjo which is the largest city and we wanted to name after a city uh, they had uh, granaries in in those times which was like way ahead of their time so engineering marvel with uh, a city as a landscape is when we landed up in mojro as a name yes we started there we did a marketplace uh, so our sales structured was also very very narrowed down to say hey who will move within the city who are the type of from people who would move within the city in the industry segment right uh, why would they move and uh, even building the sales team was more focused on okay if my target is a is a player like an operational or a planner in the warehouse if that being the case i would need a multilingual or people who can speak languages because you know it's a, it's a metropolitan people come from all places right so even criteria of selecting the right uh, team member Uh, to go and sell was based on uh, expertise in the logistics segment connections in logistics segment and also a bit on uh, in the language capability we had a team one can speak malayalam one can speak kannada one tamil so it was like a combinational entity which we went after uh, but that that was more transactional in nature and tech was an enabler to to that transaction so it, the sale was completely different so we were able to knock door walk in uh, you know position our product explain the difference between a traditional way and and we were able to bring businesses but it was all medium small businesses which will come in quickly uh, anything from 10 truck to 20 truck was like our sweet spot we go and like uh, grab them and and come on board but then the change came in you know the thunder straw storm uh, you know all lightning everything happened we had to move away from that model to completely be a software as a service product uh, that's where the the journey become extremely uh, interesting because none of the team members had sales experience of sales. most of them or all of them with a very small team right all of them in, in terms of the sales uh, had a non engineering background uh, had lot of understanding about logistics but you know not a technology person per se right. barring the co-founders themselves who who had some experience in in selling it in a technology space so from there we had to completely it's like you know a fast moving train you have to take a u turn uh, without stopping the train tough Uh, it took us 3 to 5 months of in our journey to completely rework the way we approach the rework the team structure rework upskill people uh, everything we had to do in that 3 to 5 months and then started repositioning and selling you know good uh, so far so good we have been able to reach to a very reasonable state and have some marquee customers on board but the journey was extremely interesting
Wonderful. So more. So when you say you, uh, so so you pivoted from a marketplace to an enterprise uh, transition. Right. Did now did the sales teams that you had hired in different. Uh, so by this time, I'm assuming you had had uh, sales teams in different locations. We were uh, initially Bangalore and Chennai focused, so we had people okay. only in these two uh, regions. And and again, after the software as a service decision, whoever was doing whatever they were doing, it it, it has to be like a you know grinding halt, right? Uh, right. You gained the whole approach. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just give a simple example, right? You know, uh, we were selling to operational people. Now we have to sell to the strategic people. Uh, we were selling very locally. Bangalore is not even a market. I have to go to Mumbai, Delhi, where the corporate headquarters are run and I have to position. Uh, we were talking to the logistics team. Here, logistics team is a user and enabler or a decision influencer. But uh, my CFO, CIO would be my decision makers and, and they don't sit here. So... Uh, the team, uh, you know, do not have the the ability, or you know, all of us had to rework on our capacity to go and position a high-tech, high-end AI right. to a market which is which is probably not yet ready. Uh, that was the key challenge, right? So rigorous process. I I can I can you know uh, maybe I can point out three or four things which worked for us in the transition. Uh, one was like you know we believe very strongly uh, that you know the end of day sales is to people. Uh, it is an interaction with an individual who has certain aspirations and objectives to be fulfilling in a, in a short term. So how does your product fit into his equation? That was one one clear uh, thought process we had and we said like we will stick to that. And all our in- enterprise sales were outbound, at least more than 90-95% of our first set of customers, even on SaaS, was an outbound. There was not much of an inbound initial days. So when you right. say outbound, this was uh, feet on the street? Yes, not a digital campaign. It was like uh, you have a, 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 okay, look at it this way, right? You had created an amazing technology thinking you will use it for yourself and give a better pricing and rating for the customer who is coming on to take your service, which is a trucking service. Now you have to completely rehaul that product and, and make it as a product to sell it to them. As in uh, what was internally focused is now an externally focused. Right. So that way, uh, you know, underst- it, it was a complex product. So you have to go position it and the best way to do is to go meet people, position it. So we, we had to very clearly do four or five things quickly, right? In the three to five months, upskill our own team. That is one. Uh, second, we had to ensure that we segment the market the right way. Uh, I will, I'll touch upon that, you know, what all we did in segmenting and all that differently, rather better, right? Uh, in that particular point in time. Then we had to finalize a very clear uh, strategy on how do we articulate our story? What is my storyline? Right. If I have to summarize my product ability in like two lines versus, uh, you know, two words and then also a, a good statement of explaining what it does, we had to uh, ensure that that is clearly articulated. Then very, very clear, very, very clearly, we leveraged our network. Right. Now, uh, as, as we talk just today, we closed uh, one uh, small deal uh, with one of our uh, e- e-commerce customer. Thanks to Santosh uh, of, uh, you know, again, part of one, one, I mean, uh, thousand founders group. It was a referral based sale, right? So, so that is something which we very clearly uh, realized that we have to go after and we strengthened our network. We had some do's and don'ts within that also. We had a very clearly defined process. Uh, there's a lot more to do. I mean, I, I'm still traveling a thousand mile journey, but, but we have done something which, which sure. will work, which worked for us and we are improvising that, right? So that is what changed us to, to get our first set of customers. Uh, we're still improvising it and improving it on a daily daily basis, literally. Sure, sure. Fantastic. This is wonderful. So when, so when you were meeting these, uh, you know, these decision makers in their headquarters, right? right. So these, these are some of the stakeholders who have been running this industry with a certain expectation of margins. Uh, you know, they know the, you know, what capacities product should go into what trucks. They know their space very well, right? Some of them run yeah. their own in-house logistics arm. Some, you know, they outsource their logistic arm to yeah. other partners as well. Yeah. So in the traditional industry, how challenging was it to sell a very forward futuristic solution? And since very it is AI, second AI. question, yeah. AI requires a lot of data. Correct. So, how did you manage uh, selling a complex solution to traditional tech, uh, traditional industry, and second access to data? Fair. Uh, I mean, this is a very uh, interesting question. In fact, um, uh, you know, one of the key things 
I would I would always say sale in India comparatively is tough, right? Um, forget about AI product, non-AI product. And just to just to sell a technology product in India in itself uh, is always a tough thing. Uh, one one of the key elements is because our our uh, whole country is structured in a in a deficit budget mode, right? So we don't necessarily bring in uh, extra budget to try out something new and then say okay whether it pass fail doesn't matter. You know we will be able to do it. It's it's not that as a model in India. So it's it's very cost driven. It is very uh, focused on what what do I get immediately. Uh, every cycle is like you know for somebody to come in and onboard a product and then showcase the value. It will be a one to two year max cycle, right? It cannot be like forever. So so that in fact is a very difficult proposition to to sell in India per se. Now on top of it, we are talking about AI, right? And right. Uh, I'm very big disadvantage when we got into the market. You know, my thanks to my team, uh, they were not. You know how do I say they were not um, uh, they were not letting it go. But from a perspective of when we got into market, because we were a late entrant, we lost the, the first mover advantage of positioning all these buzzwords. So when we got in, a lot of skepticism was there in the market. Why? Because somebody or the other uh, you know have pitched it already, and who is the one who will take all these chances to implement AI-driven solutions in the market? It does. Any industry you take, it will be that first top three four companies which will try, and everybody else will follow. Which is a very uh, understandable uh, phenomena, right? Uh, so when when we got in, uh, we we realized that a lot of skepticism was in place. Uh, people were uh, uh, not about you know whether technology can help or not. The question was, if you are providing me something, I've seen many solutions. Uh, you know, will it work for me in practical scenario? Will it really really help me? Especially you know like rightly you pointed out, data quality was like really really bad, right? Uh, not many, especially in the secondary tertiary last mile legs which we operate. Not much of data is collected and stored digitally for you to even run anything uh, which is which is worthwhile to call it uh, uh, AI driven or or anything of that nature. Uh, and we keep jokingly tell or even introduction icebreakers will say, whom am I competing with? I'm not competing with another product. I'm competing with your human brain in Excel which is there sitting in your warehouses, right? Uh, these guys have a lot of tacit knowledge. Uh, which kind of vehicle should uh, you right. know? Go where, uh, what kind of restrictions? Uh, why this particular customer will accept uh, delivery only by five to six, but but he will ask you to come at three. So so much of tacit knowledge these guys hold, and it was never documented when we when we got it, right? Uh, so if I take a sales cycle, it was not actually a sales cycle. It was more of a partly implementation cycle. Initial days, it took me even five six months. Uh, again, wherever I'm saying me, uh, I'm referring to my team and not me, yeah. me personally. Just to make sure, uh, you know, we we set the context right. The right. team had to wear multiple hats, right? You know, at one end you you try to become a sales guy, positioning your product, explaining the value you can bring, and all that. And the other end, you actually take the product to go sit there and implement and demonstrate, right? And when there is no data, then you have to create a baseline. You have to implement the product as is. And then gather the data, and then you know over a period of month demonstrate how the value can be you know brought in, and then give a picture of okay now in one month data I'm able to do this in 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 so many more days these are the additional benefits which we'll be able to bring in. So was it a completely AI AI deployment right away? Maybe not right, but but you baseline something, you understand the tacit information, you convert it to business rule, you configure the product and make it ready for you to sell. Now does it come under the sales process? Maybe in a typical scenario, no, right? I would have probably had a team which will come back and like sit there and do. But in in reality, in our uh, current scenario, uh, we had to end up doing a lot more, right? Uh, on the other side, uh, the technology team, I think they are the real rock stars in in, in our context, right? Uh, we will throw to them as a sales team. We'll go and throw to them a lot of these. You know, I saw this particular new constraint. You know, we have close to 30, 35 odd constraints in our uh, as a modeler in our platform. Now we we'll keep on going to them, uh, you know, with so many requests, and they will do the magic and bring back a quick response in in no time, right? So that actually helped us to uh, get into a, a market which was extremely skeptic, a market which had absolutely no data, a market which did not want to digitize, thinking you know they have everything in them. Uh, the human brain in Excel is is a good sufficient thing to go ahead. We kept challenging their outcome. In fact, in few places, we even ran the product in parallel to their decision-making process and keep comparing on a daily basis. We did it religiously for a month, right? And we kept on demonstrating what is the difference between yours and my decision. Right, right. And then slowly the confidence level started building up. 
one customer came in and then the second customer was uh, motivated to come in so that's how the sales process uh, you know got it deep tech deal in india uh, it takes effort it takes effort persistence patience and and the team has it in there hence we are able to scale absolutely you know this this evidence based uh, outcome based evidence right yes yes that uh, you know here is the way that you do prior decision making and here is right. the new way of doing decisions exactly this exactly has been not only your model of success but this is how many deep tech companies have been able to showcase success right. when they get their hands dirty on across the globe True. so this True. works in healthcare this works in logistics this works in retail as well Right. I, I add one more thing. Uh, typically in India, right? Um, uh, I mean, if if you have some cards around India correlated markets separately covered, we'll touch that later. But sure. otherwise, if you if you want me to, yeah, go ahead. On India as a market, right? Uh, there are a lot of things which uh, you know, if you if you analyze it further a bit more, uh, you know, international market. Like I was telling, uh, people have a certain budget for digital transformation. They they segregate it. They keep it ready for you to be utilized for. uh initiatives which are future focused right? right so for example a lot of this money is spent in uh, driverless cars and all that which which is affordable in in a certain you know context uh, india may you will say hey i you know i have something which i have to demonstrate in the next quarter right uh, can you can you give me something uh, as a quick return on investment i i pity the budget owners uh, you know they don't get something to build in for future they get something to solve a problem which is already it's like building our bridges right Uh, you do a market research, and by the time you come and say, "Okay, this is the bridge which is required," it is already five years down the line, and then you right. have a budget which is five years before allocated. It's a similar thing which we see in the uh, in the Indian market per se. So, if you have to sell, I mean, as as a team, what we do, as, you know, even founding team as well as the sales team, we try to take that extra responsibility on us to go and understand what will make the customer be successful. because they will have fear on uh, business continuity they will have especially for on startups right they will have right. Uh, additional uh, worry about our business continuity our uh, stability of of continue to giving them the solution uh, even even to the extent saying if if they scale can they can we support them on scale right so right. if if you are a, if you are a, uh, if you are working with a sap and you fail you will they will dissect bisect you know every company is were has been successful they will get into detail of why it failed and not the individual but if they right. selected as a as a budget owner they selected us or a startup and they fail the they are in the direct firing line right because the decision of the startup itself will be the first point of failure according to people and they would not even pass that gate to go and look at anything else went wrong right did right. the product work well but yeah there is implementation issues no that doesn't happen so we 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 realize that so we get into more about understanding what will make them successful and then we try to mitigate those risks first then position saying you know uh, how we will operate and and how can we give you the value in the shortest time so we give a proper road map on when what can be achieved so that is that is how we have been able to sell in indian market per se how how much uh, has uh, pricing been an influence here right so i in these in these type of initiatives one you are a new product right you are in a disruptive space right. you need access to data yeah. uh you know customers such as this in an experiment more typically don't agree on upfront licensing cost and you know stuff right. like that so then you get you you get buried in the you know in, in the procurement life cycle right so, So did you go in this path or did you go on a more on a usage and an outcome path of your business model and so it, uh, it when we started it was a chicken and egg story right because you know deep tech product like ours uh, would need a lot more support from the customer to implement it and make it work for them uh, it's not like you know you go just give a product and come out it will it will do magic no it it doesn't work like that right um, it's not a set path like a existing crm to a new crm they know how it works and and they come back to that right. so it like that as well and these constraint modelers take a lot of effort time to even understand and bring it back so they need a champion on their end to even make it work for us so then in these kind of cases uh, yeah pricing is also becoming a very tricky thing because you know if we say we are completely uh, outcome driven then there is a chance that people don't use the product and we don't get anything paid 
but the effort is is is, is like you know so huge right? right if we say no 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 we charge you uh, only uh, uh, you know as a fixed cost in a certain thing because they are very skeptic about the the value it can bring on table in a realistic uh, you know area they would be hesitant to sign up so we kind of try to uh, balance it midway right uh, some usage driven some we call it stairs uh, staircase model or whatever you know you have a bare minimum you pay that to be on part and then you 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 know scale uh, from there right so so we don't lose anything uh, not lose anything at least we don't burn our finger beyond a certain level yes we do co invest because you know they get to prove the uh, prove the actual worth of the product at the same time it is not like a free walk for the customer right uh, you can try something in india may that is also something which we have seen in few customers right i wouldn't want to generalize that as a behavior but we have seen people say acha if it is free for 3 months 5 months uh, i will come on board i will test it uh, we will see later um, they also should start appreciating that you know somebody is burning the money to do that right, right. and and it is that uh, if it is a funded organization means that they have deep pocket like ola uber and can splurge money in in making things happen it's it's not that way uh, b2b enterprise sale is different from a b2c kind of investments uh, which which is there in the market so yes uh, we just try to strike a balance we try to negotiate with them do some free pilots here and there uh, maybe do some kind of a um, data crunching analysis show report show progress then get into a contract so that they mitigate their risk to some extent right but yes the contracts also will have carry certain milestones based on which the payment will start growing up and we take uh, uh, one market at a time to implement uh, or say four five uh, geographies to implement at one go so the scale is also a little slow that that is that is one of the areas where we also are now focusing to improve because you know you, what is your booked revenue and what is your actual re- realized revenue uh, there is always going to be a, some kind of a gap between these two uh, so yeah got interesting so uh, at at what uh, periods of time uh, what was that moment in time or some parameters for you to to figure out that this is the time for me to scale your uh, sales efforts um so we uh, okay th- there are a couple of things which were pointers which we had up for ourselves one was like you know at this revenue we let to start so we had a logical uh, decision made saying you know every so and so x amount of uh, revenue coming in uh, we would need to enhance our sales team and go to a fresh market to be looked at right uh, so if it's a uh, that is running in say some mrr right that is one one criteria second criteria Uh, when we start seeing that if, you know the, the whole team is getting choked right we, we start seeing traction so because you know uh, the segments which we are operating is very focused segments we don't go after every and every possible customer we we have done that we'll probably cover that a little later but when you look at that as a pattern every time we get into a new segment we would probably need more helping hands right every right. time we get a certain number of customers in a in a geography then we would need more food, food uh, you know there on the ground right so we have that milestone driven uh, sales team increment and and it's still a small team uh, again a very focused uh, amazingly committed you know team which i have been truly thankful for the stars uh, because of that we are able to manage scale without any difficulty okay but it's a good scale right revenue largely decides that okay got it so in in this entire uh, process uh, you know i was coming to a question and murli has also posted uh, a question there right uh, how long was your initial you know first set of uh, sales cycle and yeah. uh, you know how long did it take from contract to actually getting the paid because right. it's india right so contract can say 30 days but you know you may still get paid in 90 days so in your case how did it work for your first few customers uh first few customers cycle was very long the first one customer was a very uh, quick turn uh, i mean uh, quick conversion largely because you know we were pivoting from one model to another model they were an existing customer in the previous model so they were okay. the first customer uh, thanks to one of our uh, sales star one he actually uh, op- you know spot that opportunity saying hey we are talking already about a transitioning to to the software as a serv- service sale Uh, why can't we go and pitch to them because i know they are they are looking at it now right so that uh, spotting the opportunity uh, i have to i owe credit to him 
and uh, and once that is done we were able to go quickly position it uh, you know because they have worked with us for a few weeks a few months or whatever it is they were able to uh, you know quickly look at it and then do a pilot in one of the geographies which which eventually converted to a safe right uh, but yes the there are a couple of stages we had to pass through initially one was like you know you get contracted but there is a pilot period within which you have to prove a certain thing so there will be a very minimal payment only after that you will have a you know large contract which will get signed so this cycle uh, initially yes we had a paying customer but not necessarily a large ticket sized customer so that take took us like what five and a half six months easily before we could have a large contract in place uh, i would i would probably even be saying an underestimated value it was even more i would say 7 okay. 8 months you know from the time you started to that time because they were existing customer um, it, it it took us that much time but in the, in parallel we were selling uh, we were opening more doors more conversations so we had uh, a, uh, again the team devised a, a strategy of you know having their time spent across different type of customers in a certain bucketed way so 80% if we are spending our energy or 60% we are spending energy on a particular vertical where we have already got one customer and large deal um, then the next 20% would be on something which is medium size and the other 20% will be on smaller size so you have this again sales is not like you are um, you know i mean i was a product manager so i would write my Uh, requirements very clearly and then i feel i have done my work right that satisfaction doesn't come so quickly for a sales you know in, in because you you start but by the time it converts you might you know you don't know that's a 3 months 6 months 9 months cycle so you especially enterprise may so you will have to have motivations or or uh, you know the dopes in between right so we right. we we spent our time in getting some small customers so that you know all the new concepts can be tried out in uh, e- easily because they they will have a very limited entry barrier it it, it works the same way they also exit very quickly very short notice may but at least the risk is worth because we we started getting some wins right that motivates you as a as a, as a sales person right. on the other side we worked continuously follow up with the customers whom we are prospects who were so you know every quarter we started converting at some point in time but the sales cycle if you take individually uh, we had uh, anything from 7 to 8 day ka sales uh, to 9 10 months ka cycle so it, it very it was a very big we are now trying to crunch that to a 2 and a half 3 month cycle for every prospect we are dealing with now we have case studies and we have some supporting things as well uh, which gives them the confidence earlier that was not the case right you are sure. start fresh so yes 9 9 month was still okay for us got it so i think now we come to the important uh, you know one of the important uh, sections right so can you talk about some of your uh, you know best practices on process and tools that have worked for you and right. uh, you know then have one like a question at the end sure um i'll i have some okay let me let me do this way right i might be able to again what worked for me is what i'm trying to or what worked for us sure. is what i'm trying to articulate so we had some 10 12 uh, pointers which we we took up uh, in detail and we had to create a, a process around that and then we started expanding that right so i can i can take from the first one which is a market research right um, i mean i had a disadvantage position of taking an internal focus product to go to the external focus product uh, as an external uh, product and uh, there was already set of features available but that was like done for a certain reason not necessarily that it was it was a market research driven development right it's the okay. other way around so you have to turn around the table with what you have and have to go to the market to sell what you have you can't keep building for another year so that was a little bit of a disadvantage note which we started with so what did we did do is to create a, a clear hypothesis of who will buy this product why would they buy did a lot more market research the primary secondary got some uh, very clearly identified segments so we even listed down few segments say we stuck out that say this will not work for example my product is very well positioned to give immediate value for people who move art goods in the same vehicle if they do a 1.2 1 point delivery or 1.2 2 point delivery my optimization engines will not give an immediate uh, you know uh, impact on the ground so i can't really demonstrate immediate value and and win a customer so what i had to do i have to stuck out people who uh, do one on one point to one point kind of a movement get them out of the picture right similarly we had to stuck uh, i mean strike out the people who move 
anything beyond 300-400 kilometers because our initial platform was an urban logistics platform. So the whole kilometer considerations, the, the modeling, everything was done within a 300 kilometer radius. So, so I have to strike out, uh, you know, who doesn't belong to that category of movement of goods, right? So, so we did a very clear uh, uh, research around what would be that segment, what would be the sub-segment, who would be my users, who would be my stakeholders, uh, who is the budget owner, where will this product fit in, and we created a complete list of companies which we are going to go after. Okay. Then what we did, we we once we started, you know, identifying the, um, you know, what to say, the users who are going to be interacting with, like the stakeholders, right? So we started going using LinkedIn uh, to map the names and very clearly create a, 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 you know, how do I say, a list of people whom we have to go after and uh, put a, put it as a part of a, you know, tool. I'll come to that. Uh, then we actually prepared a list of use cases for each of these subsegments. We didn't want to go in and say, hey, this product automates, optimizes, and then leave it there. That is the first line of, you know, for you to get an entry, you have to be able to articulate your product value in two words to just get their attention. Uh, AI-driven automation optimization, cool. I at least get an invite, right? But the moment I get, I have to narrate, you know, what is my uh, detailed value proposition? How do I do that 10, 12% savings as an explanation? What is that exactly the product does and, and how do I articulate it in three lines, right? So we actually wrote down narration of uh, all of these in a, in a, in a, in a big, in a good Excel, which we call it as the, uh, you know, uh, it's like our Bible for us, right? Your value, your value proposition Excel. Yeah. Yes, yes. We created a playbook kinds, right? Where we said, you know, how do I pitch? Whom should I go after? For each market segment, what should be my storyline? What are the keywords, buzzwords we have to use in that pitch? Because they would more connect to their own industry norms. They wouldn't probably understand if I if I go to FMCG and talk about a dairy. Uh, the processes are different. Right. In the day it's goods movement, but product might might cater, but they would not probably appreciate understand. So the nuances of what they do, how they do, we studied that, put it as a storyline. We started creating that book uh, as as our go-to book, right? And every time we go to a customer, we talk, we get a new story, we add that. So that way, we started building the repository of use cases, the narration, the storyline, and uh, and what kind of value we can bring on table as a very clear positioning. Uh, and that is what people uh, take it to the market. All of us, like irrespective of the sales team, uh, who is the part of the sales team, everybody would go and talk about the same value to the same type of customer. So that is something which we created. The playbook also had, uh, you know, process-driven thing, how many times, what type of customer we will touch base, uh, yeah, I mean, there I don't think we have, we have achieved success in terms of sticking to the process, but we did have a, a set of process which we clearly articulated. Okay. Um, we also did, uh, you know, one, the moment we identify whom we are going after, uh, very clearly we chalked out, we divided between us, you know, region-wise, uh, type of industry-wise and things like that, and we went to our network to get an introduction done. We don't necessarily, again, we do three level of uh, intervention. One, we go to the users who are the operations uh, managers of the warehouse and all that to go understand their pain points, etc. So we connect with them. The other side may we connect with the, the leadership who are budget owners uh, like CFO or CIO or, uh, or the supply chain VPs. That is another. And uh, we also identify who will be the influencers like sales and marketing, if at all. And, and we go at any point in time for the enterprise, we go to all the three people. A, build a rapport, understand what they are looking at, and also use our network to, to give that confidence because, you know, as a startup, that all, all that which I was talking about, continuity and all that will come into picture. So we try to uh, seek help from our network, thanks to our investors, advisors, and, and even the friends and, you know, family. We got introduction and introductions also helped in terms of going and positioning ourselves in a better way. So that, that, is, that is something which we did. Uh, as, a, as a, you know, artifacts creation, Every sales pitch will have a certain, you know, branding. Every sales, uh, you know, uh, you know, presentation will have. For FMCG, we might have a different presentation. Uh, over a period of time, we improvised each of those segments. Right, dairy, we will have a separate. Cement, we will have a separate thing. And uh, you know, we will we will talk about uh, what will be the time taken to to implement this, etc. Which are all like you know frequently asked questions. We'll have preempted thing there, and uh, we maintain a certain standard format of uh, you know. Uh, even be, uh, I mean, because time is very critical in these kind of sales in India. Why do they come to a startup rather than SAP or uh, Oracle? Because they wanted to have a very quick turnaround time, uh, right from customizations to uh, 
uh, your uh, you know response time and giving them more ideas etc so we took a consultative approach and we started positioning uh, or engaging with them to understand what else can we do so we created all these dockets very clearly and any time you wanted to do just this is available pick it up and then run so your turnaround time is also uh, very very uh, low right Okay. and uh, and we used pipe drive uh, for a crm so that you can capture and you can it has a history right people will leave people will come in uh, but at any point in time if it's a 6 month 8 month say sale cycle you need to know whom who was the last day who you touched and what did you speak when you before you go to the conversation right so right. tool like pipe drive helps you to create that structure and then you you go back and and and, and quickly assess it Yeah, with a lot of other things which we do, but and, and at least a high level, I, I was able to, I think, uh, narrate what we do, right? Sure, sure, fantastic. So, uh, you know, this this is great, and I'm giving insights on, uh, you know, how did you create your internal sales enablement, uh, you know, systems and uh, process mm-hmm. such that uh, you know your entire internal sales teams are completely aligned, and there's a consistent unified message. uh you know the the customers the influencers the budget owners all get to hear the same right. message from different uh, people uh, sure. and i i think that's that's a very important takeaway when you're to and you're working with the enterprise sales uh, right. right fantastic so uh you know one one mega question that i wanted to ask you is uh, you know do you want to share with us uh, you know one interesting story of uh you know one of these large brands that you have been able to crack right it could be you know the the journey of uh, cracking unilever or bisleri or you know pretty light uh that's a bit tricky uh <laughs> if that's okay and not very confident for you to share yeah so sometimes uh, because we uh, again see when when you use a network driven sale right uh without taking names and without actually pointing out to people sure. it's difficult to give example but okay. in a, on a high level right uh, uh in a network person or i mean say so, someone from a, your advisor or a mentor or investor or whoever it is right would introduce you especially in indian context right will introduce you only if they know that you will live to the expectations correct right uh be it the product quality Uh, be it your uh, your credentials in terms of going back to them and closing the loop and 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 ensuring that the value is demonstrated uh, it is a very uh, you know tricky thing for them as well because you know their relationship is at stake when they introduce you into into an ecosystem so first few months first few deals when when we ask for into introductions it was always like you know um, a very generic introduction say hey we know them uh, we have we worked with them if you find it interesting please take it up right it will stop it but then over a period of time when we were able to demonstrate value and we started uh, going more uh, vigorous in terms of making sure that the customer is happy and all that which he is looking for is, is provided uh, now the in, you know the 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 network effect is actually doubled up right so large deals which we are cracking today are all people who actually put their stake uh, you know in 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 the game skin in the game and say hey these guys i know them very well we have done so and so in so and so place Uh, i would i would you know ask you to have a a little more deeper look at it and and that's how we we get into that conversation we we would have already spoken to all of those customers or prospective customers uh, but still when when a intervention comes from a network uh, it's a friend of a friend is a friend right so that that works very well for us right so that's that's one of the ways we we sign deals i may not be very explicitly you know i can give an example but largely you have understood what we Right. So, how much how much of customer reference has helped you acquire newer customers? A lot, a lot. In fact, uh, because you work with enterprise customers, uh, the advantage is if you make one good, uh, you know, implementation and one demonstrate value with one customer, they would they would actually first introduce you to their own uh, departments, multiple other departments, multiple other te- geographies. So that that referral actually gives you a lot more. Uh, you know introductions uh, similarly in supply chain it's a very very uh, focused segment if you see it will be x nitty guys or x imb guys who are there in the supply chain head head positions so people would move from one company to another company within the same segment and and have they worked with one of us uh, they would they would probably give us an invite on the other one so that is also something which is like an ex customer who uh, refers and takes us along uh then the other thing which we have seen is okay i worked and uh, with a customer and then there is a friend of them who had a 
you know casual chat and they mention about it they comment like you know it still doesn't come as an inbound uh, largely you know uh, people say hey why don't you reach out to them I, I, it looks like they have a need and then we we just go uh, you know we treat it as an inbound and we go and like uh, full flesh full full speed and and get it done so a lot of in, you know lot of these introductions small small here and there comes that's very important in 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 the enterprise sales because your customer or a business brings you more business got it it's what's the other way around as well right one place in one especially when you are very niche focused on four or five industry verticals if you make one mistake uh, it will prove to be a very costly mistake because uh, the word spreads like hell the second chance in a area where you are still a startup uh, is is a very 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 difficult thing to achieve right uh, you you lost the confidence of of people so it's very tricky got it fantastic so uh, you know one last question and then we'll take up some questions uh, from the audience uh well, how has covid you know covid has really brought the entire logistics uh, space to a grinding halt you know, until recently and now you know we are seeing intracity movements happening and soon you know uh, at least for essentials and the certain non essentials manufacturing is opening up and hence uh, you know to a certain degree logistics between cities is also going to open up Correct. so how, how has this affected your uh, you know uh, your company's growth and how are you kind of adapting it you know for the upcoming year uh covid again ideally you know when when we looked at it initially uh, until up march we had a certain target which we wanted to achieve up to until february we had uh, we had you know thought about a certain numbers to go after right but yes covid has really put us back by say at least a quarter if not more uh, the one good part about it is like you know we work largely with the fmcg dairy and and few of these segments which basically right. means they, they are still do but uh, uh, but the volume of movement has come down dramatically because institutions were closed and a lot of these uh, you know buying pattern has changed uh, thanks right. to covid uh, so if if somebody run uh, at like say 100 truck model they would have probably running with now 30 trucks or, or even less right so and our pricing is based on the utilization in in many capacity so so yes the billing has dramatically come down uh not to the extent that we will you know we have to worry about winding up our things like that right thank god everything uh, works in a certain way but yes your recognized revenue will dip for the next at least we 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 are expecting at least until june end our uh, revenues will have a dip which actually put us back by a quarter in terms of our growth pattern uh, but the good part is because it is essentials uh, which we our 670% of our customers are in we are expecting them to bounce back in the coming days uh, which is also an opportunity for me in terms of selling more right in the sense uh, what used to be a problem saying hey throw more human being and get it solved uh, thanks to the reverse migration for at least some more time people you know throwing more people at work and india is a cheap labor model and all that which right. is a myth but by the way but but people uh, were doing that would now seriously have a, a conversation around automation optimization right doing more with less will be is an expected concept which will kick in and we have already started seeing traction in terms of conversations with various parties uh, wherever they said okay i have a planner who knows everything now the planner is sitting in a village so he has to be brought before you you could even start replanning right so there we are scoring a bit uh, you know edge over others we we have a traditional business back uh, so we hope that the coming days are going to be a good day i mean coming days are going to be good days but yes temporary issue or temporary uh, setback is there as as like any other industry got fantastic thank you so much uh, swami uh, we have a few questions from the audience uh, sure. navin uh, navin is asking a question do customer share their logistic data for ai to work um so again it it is a long process what they do is basically uh, they will allow you to sign a nda once you get over that nda phase and you 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 are able to demonstrate saying you know the data will be deleted immediately after the usage of the thing they will mask certain information and the, you know what we need is the points of delivery and few things like that right we wouldn't want to get into who is that customer who is there in that point of delivery so yes they do share some data uh, but not everything so and and all that we need is 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 definitely available so far right it might not be good quality data we have to do a lot more massaging before we put it in our system and and try to get output 
which is a huge exercise by the way i i, I don't want to be uh, mean the effort which goes into that but yes they give uh, after you sign an nda not before that all right fantastic uh, another question from ankit singh do you compete with locus.sh or is metro different uh, we do compete with them uh, head on uh, in many places uh, you know we have even gotten over them because the product uh, what we have done is we have differentiated by getting depth into certain industry verticals um and they have they are largely focused on um, you know e-commerce and markets outside of india but we have built very specific vertical driven solution and that also has differentiated us from uh, winning over few large contracts against them but they have, they are they are a good product as well so you know i should give you know lot lot of credit to them and they were first movers so we we get a tough competition from them in many cases okay fantastic Praveen Singh has a question which I received on email. Uh, how do you how did you shortlist target companies for enterprise sales? So this is your customer segmentation. Yes. Question. Yeah. So as I I was uh, highlighting in the initial stages, uh, you know our product works very well if if the if the you know if it is a part load movement across the city landscape or up to say 200 300 kilometer. so that gives you a, a plethora of industries which move goods within that zone right you know if you if you talk about a, a electronic gadget it gets manufactured at one corner of the country and then gets delivered in another corner of the country i might not be able to add value beyond a certain level uh, only the distribution leg for them uh, so so what we do we don't necessarily go after uh, those kind of customers where we don't immediately can add value and get into the ecosystem but yes we have other use cases that will solve their purpose but can i can i make that as my primary focus area no like that we have some eight or 10 parameters which we have defined and we created a hypothesis on what is each of these parameters as a as a weightage which contributes back into my system and taking that into consideration we have segmented the market and then we further got into bifurcating the market uh, and 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 then going after the top uh, you know certain number of customers again we you know just because a company is big doesn't mean he is a good enterprise customer for me right fit into his uh, ecosystem very well and do i have a legroom to grow uh, to a certain number of M- i mean certain mrr uh, as in the in a, in a, in a certain scale uh, only then we consider them as an enterprise solution right or enterprise customer then we go after them did i they answer the yeah yeah i think you chose what fits your product first Correct. Versus many of them look at uh, you know the buyer organization or the uh, you know or the ability to buy as right. a factor to decide uh, you know the target uh, segment. I think that's a very good uh, insight. Uh, the next question we have again from Ankit. Uh, you know, were you offering free POCs to your clients? If yes, how did you ensure that the client was serious and not wasting your time? uh we don't necessarily offer free pocs initially yes like say again it's also learning curve right so initially when we started we did uh, two or three free pocs but then we realized that it's a very uh, you know uh, very resource draining activity or you you got to put yourself uh, into it before it makes work and it can be again we we agree if we agreed whenever we agreed with like two months three months or one month and then it it goes on and on because objectives are not necessarily concretely defined Right. we change model uh, not anymore we do free pocs uh, but what we do is like you know it's like a future pay, uh, you know for forward payment right so what we say is hey uh, let's define the objective I, i understand that you are taking some risk let me also take put my skin in the game uh, let's define the objectives let's define the time frame within which you wanted to demonstrate whether the objective is met or to what extent it is met we create a target around that and then we say okay we will deploy so much people um, you know if there is a travel and other expenses you bear it uh, for the platform fee this is the cost and uh, because it is a pilot time frame or poc time frame this is the reduced cost or a discounted price we will still pay right the day you sign a contract which is like two year contract with me i will try to give you a discounted price in the contract for say the equivalent of what we did as a part of a poc now if the poc fails fails because of process related stuff then you still pay right uh, you know if you are not able to garner your team or you were not able to give right. us time support and all that you still pay if it is because of a product genuine product problem right uh, then it is not at your i mean it's not your fault right so then we will waive off uh, that fee so it's it's uh, skin in the game for both the parties right you have to pay right 
and if if at all something happens they will get a benefit of in the later stages largely if you demonstrate value because you know we put customer first we do everything for them to be successful uh, we have not seen somebody coming and saying hey uh, you know uh, give me back the money you know never uh, so so it is it is it is still a paid pilot got it fantastic last question on email uh, indian enterprise clients can be very demanding in terms of customization and not pay for it did you face this issue and uh, do you think your margins are great while selling in india uh i'll take the questions in two parts right one customization see it also depends on what are we talking about at customization right if if naturally this product should have had abc you are i mean we are a small company right i mean all of us as a startup we would have not had we would have plans to build a hundred things but with the limited resource available and the kind of time and money we have at, at disposal we could build only a certain portion immediately right and we know that we will get there but we let us start somewhere and we let us start selling as well in parallel we can't wait until entire product is ready it will never happen you know that is one thing we have, we have got it right so we start uh, positioning the product and if we identify that's a very genuine ask and i it's a it's an ask which is anyways part of my road map but it was like in the future uh, but these guys wanted to bring it up early i'll check you know we will as a set of co-founding team we will sit together and analyze it um and and we will leave it to the ceo to you know take the final call but we will put that value largely what we do is we ensure that without affecting if we can take it up and run with it we will immediately accept to it without additional cost because anyways i'm bringing it a part of the product as a generic feature right. but if it is very very specific functionality which is which is useful for that particular customer and it it is a it is a completely Uh, you know, required thing for them to scale, and and we can't renegotiate. Then what we do is we ensure that we bring it up as a transparent conversation with them, highlight what is the money. We will probably not charge for them for for the whole of you know it's like a big ticket, but we will do a very specific focused extra charging, and we will ensure that they they accept and acknowledge it before we get started. So largely those kind of specific customizations are paid, and we never done it free. and uh, not uh, you know i would say like not that in uh, you know non reasonable i mean unreasonable right uh, that i would agree uh, everybody end of day if they wanted to uh, they look at it like say can you help them to scale uh, and demonstrate value within their organization they are going to definitely support you okay. a lot of lot of your anchoring customer would do go uh, out of their way to support you that is like you know for given the second is margins uh margin is a is a very tricky subject you know uh, it depends on how you calculate margin where what uh, you know where are you talking about uh, but yes we we do run uh, you know, my 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 standard uh, you know statement to my prospective customers would be you know look at it this way right if if you don't give me the right price i will not be there for you to work with me next year right we want to take that business continuity risk are you going to pay me now so i survive sustain you know you are not selling your product at, at uh, for charity right you are also selling it at a certain margin so every business has to have that margin yes we can we can negotiate within the margin can i bring it down a, a bit here and there and and make a, a you know a midway pass we meet at a midway pass but not completely you know without margin that i will operate because i think right. the more i burn uh, the the more is the risk for you is a business continuity and if the product is so good it is giving you a lot of value why would you take the chance of making me die uh, you know before you could actually potentially scale right so so we we do bring that up transparent got it fantastic thank you so much uh, swami all right so uh, you know with no further questions uh, you know i think then we'll wrap up this session today uh, thank you so much swami thanks again uh, you know for joining us and sharing your thoughts uh, you know i've had tremendous insights uh, today on you know on the journey of uh, selling or uh, deep tech technology in india and i'm sure uh, you know the audience as well have uh, and i've taken some notes and some insights uh, on it so uh, we'll wrap this up uh, here all right fantastic thanks everyone for joining Thank in himlesh wonderful opportunity uh, you know which you have given us it's it's you know i'm looking forward to more of these uh, series and you know uh, i i would you know definitely wish had we had such similar interactions in the past when we had started A lot of lot of these mistakes which we made, we would have probably not uh, reinvented the wheel. A wonderful initiative. It takes a lot of effort to bring people together and do this. Uh, so thank you so much. Please continue the good job. 
you know we look forward from you a lot fantastic thank you so much sorry thank you Thank you.